Hi, Deanna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on the baby. Thank you. I was excited to chat because it's rare that I get someone coming across my inbox that's pioneering the women's health space and so wanted to just get deep with you on all the things you're creating and what got you interested in women's health. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of, um, I kind of say that I'm an accidental entrepreneur, (laughs) if you will. But yeah, I would love to share my story. So why accidental? What, what were you doing before? Yeah. So I spent 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry on the sales side of the business and uh, really had my life planned out for me or so I thought uh, because I was a single mom of two kids and it provided me, you know, all the benefits that I needed and being a single mom, great health care, retirement benefits, all of, all of those things. And during that time, I had been on a lot of antibiotics for sinus infections and actually ended up having two sinus surgeries. And, you know, as women, we know what happens when we're on antibiotics, it completely disrupts our, um, our vaginal biome. And I was looking for something that didn't exist. And, um, I was looking for a holistic alternative that was really effective and um, couldn't find anything out there that you know wasn't backed by science. And I started researching uh, different holistic ingredients that worked for feminine care issues and found this ingredient called boric acid and boric acid vaginal suppositories in particular and found out, you know, it was uh, highly recommended by OBGYNs and many OBGYNs were using them, but they could only get them for their patients through a compounding pharmacy. And they were very, very expensive. And uh, needless to say, I used it and it completely changed my life. And it just got me thinking, like, why is no one making this commercially? And um, that's when uh, things got set into motion for me to bring the product to market. And um, it was, it was interesting in that, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens uh, for a purpose. And uh, my daughter at the time was the only girl in the league of 300 boys playing ice hockey and her coach had a manufacturing facility that made holistic products for people and pets. And I went to him, you know, armed with my stack of clinical data and he agreed to start producing it. And within six months, it was the best seller in its category on Amazon. And we, at that point, we really knew we were onto something, not just because of the velocity, but most importantly, because of the evangelical reviews of the women who were using it. And um, that's how it got started. And I had no idea at the time that I was actually creating a whole new category in the retail industry when I, when I brought these to market. But that's how it all began. 
So most people don't want to talk about vaginal odor. I'm sure people listening are cringing as I say that. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, it's definitely a topic I've heard from a lot of women. And I had, um, you know, Beatrice Dixon from Honeypot on, and she shared a similar story to how she uh, healed herself. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how did you as someone, you know, you were in the pharmaceutical side, but in the sales arena. Uh-huh. How did you even know how to formulate or get that done? And then were you the test patient only? I, or did I, you did you say to your friends, does you know, does your vagina smell? Can I give you some boric acid? Like how did that, how did that conversation right? go down? Yeah, I well the formula was pretty straightforward based on all of the research that was out there. So I just took uh, you know, what had already been studied and developed and applied it to my own product. And uh, there was so much clinical data that already existed on uh, the formulation. And again, I spoke with, gosh, dozens of OBGYNs. And um, there were, at that point, hundreds of thousands of women who had used this, but just couldn't get it commercially so it was already kind of the groundwork was already laid out for us for, for that product in general. That's really what, what started, what launched the company PhD feminine health, but with our other products that we've brought to market, uh, we do have a full time product development, pharmaceutical scientist on staff. Uh, and we also have a, a great, uh, advisory team and also, um, a medical research team as well. So we're, we've really expanded the brand now into other areas. And, but that originally was, was how it began. So the, the evidence already existed. It was just a matter of bringing it to market. So most people, you know, debating starting a company are already intimidated by, you know, what it takes. You're a single mom of two. I would love to dive into a little bit any of the challenges you faced with that and, and how you decided to sort of launch in the face of it? Yeah, well, it was, um, like I said, I, I kind of came along a little bit kicking and screaming because of that security that I had. And it ended up being, there was one particular event, you know, I thought I was going to do this as my side hustle, Rebecca. I thought, okay, I can have uh, this company and help me pay for college for my kids and um, expenses. And then an event happened. Uh, I feel like sometimes in life we have to be made uncomfortable in our comfortable situations in order for us to make a change. And that was something that I experienced in my, in my pharmaceutical job. I, um, you know, had been uh, assigned to a manager who was not in my fan club and it provided that push that I needed. You know, I remember this one time in particular, I was just felt like I was banging my head against the wall. Like I couldn't do anything right, even though I was a top performer and I had a moment of clarity and it was when you have it, you know, it's a moment of clarity and, and that's exactly what happened. I, realize like, why is this happening to me? And I realized it was because it was not where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be 
running PhD full time. And it was a sense of peace that I had immediately. And I planned my exit. And that's what really gave me the courage to leave was knowing that I was not where I belonged. And I also thought like, okay, what is the absolute worst thing that can happen? And that would be failure. And so what if I failed, I knew that I could go get another job, you know, because I had been so successful and that was the worst thing that could happen. Then why not give it a try? And again, it was just, um, I think as women, I feel like we have a superpower and that is our intuition. And oftentimes we don't pay attention to it when we really need to. And thankfully that was, I did pay attention to it and I knew that it was, I was being called to do something else. I love, absolutely love that you said you, you had a certainty that if you failed that you would get another job. Cause I often think to myself, you know, my security isn't in my bank account it's in my ability to get up from failure and figure it out. So I, yes. I very much appreciate that you said that. Yeah, it's so true. But I, Women in particular, I mean, I was so guilty of, especially in the beginning, you know, I feel like we're so hard on ourselves when we do fail because I had failures and I really, really struggled with imposter syndrome. You know, here I am, I I ended up making a big mistake by not proofreading a label thoroughly. And, you know, we were brand new and it cost us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And I just started belittling myself in my head. You know, I'm like, what are you doing, Deanna? You've never had a business class in your life. What makes you think you're qualified to run a company? You know, insert all the things, right? And I ended up, you know, I was scrolling through Instagram and this friend of mine had posted this video about uh, taking a photo of herself when she was a little girl and posting it on her mirror and saying, you know, you need to have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself if you would ever speak to that little girl the way you're talking to yourself. And the answer is no, like we would not do that. So that really changed my perspective. And you know, I ended up getting a mantra that I repeated at any time in my head that those thoughts start to creep in, you know, that I'm enough and I'm enough. I can figure this out. And even though I haven't had the experience, I can do it. So it wasn't without, without struggles. Like it was, it was, it was very difficult for me in the beginning. I mean, I feel like it's not only difficult in the beginning, it's difficult every day. There's a new, there's a new hole in the boat and you're just like, Oh, okay, here we go, especially as the founder and owner of your business. Which Absolutely. And dealing with customers and uh, it's no easy feat. No. Yeah. Insert all the challenges. It's so true. <laughs> so let's talk about bootstrapping. You've entirely bootstrapped your brand. Yes. I have. And how, how big are you now or what do you feel comfortable sharing numbers wise? Um, yeah. I'd love to talk about the financing of this. No, absolutely. Yeah, we are growing rapidly, uh, which we're very grateful for. You know, last year we did, you know, around 18 
1.5 million. And this year we hope to do well over 30. And so we've, it is, it has been um, very difficult at times to navigate, especially uh, initially, you know, going from Amazon to launching Chainwide at Target. That was our first retailer. And that was, that was a big hurdle, you know, especially with payment terms and inventory and uh, navigating that. But I was very, very fortunate in that my business partner, uh, who's the minority partner in my business, had great banking relationships that he had established. So we were able to, you know, have a fairly robust line of credit that we could lean on. Uh, to help us launch at the retailers. Um, and that has really been what has saved us. And the fact that, too, we're, we're vertically integrated, which is very unique. So we manufacture all of our own products, which really helps with, um, you know, demand planning and, you know, inventory and all of that. And that we don't have to go, our minimum order quantities aren't massive like most contract manufacturers. So because of those factors, it's really helped us bootstrap and for me not to have to give away any equity. So I'm a little bit in shock because you go from bootstrap to a $30 million business. You're on Amazon, you're in, you know, re, you know, other retailers. Most women that I speak to, not because I, not including men, but you know, when they hit a certain number, they are like, we have to raise, it's time to raise. How did yeah. you manage the growth and the financing of the product in order to scale? Because that is no small feat and is I, very rare that I hear that ever of, you know, keeping it private, you know, having a minority investor. Yeah. And it's interesting in talking with other founders, uh, I feel like everybody is just in a big rush to raise. And um, I don't know that people consider really the alternative uh, because it is possible and I'm, I'm proof that it's possible. You know, looking back, uh, we really didn't invest as heavily in marketing on the front end. And if I had to do it all over again, I would probably, you know, invest a little more in that rather than uh, product development, but it, it's ended up working out the way it should have been or it should have. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a balancing act. And Rebecca, one of the biggest, uh, you know, pivotal moments in our, our company was getting the right VP of finance in, who really helped us navigate uh, scaling. Uh, he had been in a consumer products company and we were able to, you know, get him on board. Um, and also it's a really unique relationship that my business partner and I have that is, will probably be a case study one day for business, uh, in that we're, we're co-located. So we share the same office space and, you know, I have my dedicated market marketing team and he has his, but we share, you know, our accounting team, our, um, uh, purchasing team, uh, Every all of the different aspects of the business we're able to share in, so it hugely helps with our efficiencies, and therefore our our EBITDA is super healthy as are our margins. 
Veteran broadcaster, mom, entrepreneur, and endless seeker, Kat Sadler hosts It Sure Is a Beautiful Day podcast. On this uplifting weekly show, Kat talks with some of the brightest minds in health and wellness, Hollywood and beyond. She also shares her personal anecdotes from her own life as a mother of two embarking on a new chapter at midlife. Where do we find our purpose? How do we heal our past? And how can we attract the future we want? It sure is a beautiful day is like hanging out with your best girl talking about matcha powder while your favorite celebs and respected thought leaders drop by to chime in. It sure is a beautiful day is new each Tuesday. Listen to wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk about working with your partner. How have you learned to divide and conquer where you overlap? You know, by having just a business partner that you really have to work at that relationship, right? I mean, it's um, especially, you know, I don't have a family member as my business partner, but you do. And it's something that, you know, we play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. And one of my weaknesses in the beginning was not knowing the financial aspects of the business and, you know, having not had business classes or been in business. So he was able to mentor me from that side from the very beginning. And, you know, to our bankers were so wonderful to about getting me up to speed and our, our, our VP of finance. And I made sure that I asked questions and I was never afraid to ask, what could have been perceived as a stupid question. So I really, we learned where my strengths lie, where his lie. And, you know, it's like, we're, it's, he's good. I'm good, but together we're better. And it's kind of like, we have this, this motto of good, good, better uh, that we work so well as a team. I want to underline the fact that you said that you ask whatever questions and there are no stupid questions. I find that sometimes people are embarrassed to ask them or, think they should know it already, but I always encourage women, you know, ask those questions, even if you feel like you should know it already. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I remember from the beginning to, I ended up buying this book. I think it was like the hundred day MBA (laughs) just so I could become, you know, familiar with the terms, uh, that people were throwing around and yeah, not being afraid to ask questions because you know, that, that saying and people it gets thrown around a lot. You don't know what you don't know, but it was so true. And especially onboarding at a retailer. Holy, oh my gosh, it was mind numbing. You know, I tell the story of when I got the email from Target awarding me the business, I could barely interpret what it said. And we ended up having to hire a, uh, a consultant to help us onboard at target. And I, you know, tell people, the people at the target helpline, you know, for vendors, they knew me by name because I called all the time, but um, I think everything is figure outable. And, you know, I think a lot of women would be too intimidated or just a lot of people in general would be too intimidated about doing this, taking this leap, but um, there's a way to figure it out. And if you don't know the answer, there's somebody out there who does. Yes. I remember I hired someone specifically to help me navigate shipping to department stores because the instruction manual was probably 150 pages. 
Right. And I said, I can't, I can't do this, but I'm going to hire someone who can. Yes, exactly. Um, So, you know, I feel like gut health has become recently trendy um, and I'm happy that it is so people can see how deeply affected we are by our gut health. So are you hoping that vaginal health becomes as trendy and what can women do to take control of, of this area of their body that is a vast unknown? And also please talk about the vaginal biome because I'm definitely curious. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's one of the things that I, we have set out to do from the very beginning is to remove the stigma associated with, with feminine health and feminine hygiene because you know, vaginal odor is completely normal, but no one ever talked about it. And truthfully, you know, I never thought that I would be the face of vaginal odor, but I am. <laughs> and um, I'm proud to be because, you know, going back to when we first launched and the women who had suffered with this, and many of them, Rebecca, for decades, because when you have vaginal odor, it's recurrent 50% of the time in women who have it. So it can be debilitating. It can, you know, affect your, of course, your sexual life, your intimacy, but also your social life. You know, women who don't want to go to the gym or get in a bathing suit or even get a pedicure because they're so afraid that they're going to be embarrassed. So it's been really important to us to to help remove the stigma and to start the conversation around feminine health. And it's amazing when I tell people now what I do, men and women alike will, you know, many women have come to me in tears saying, you have no idea how your product has changed my life. It saved my marriage. I've had couples tell me that. And men too, you know, 30% of our website visitors are for men because they have, you know, partners or um, who might have an issue and they want to think about the best way to open, have an open, honest conversation about talking about feminine hygiene and feminine, feminine health and what women need to know that it's not a cleanliness issue. Uh, you know, it's something that uh, happens, you know, intercourse can cause a disruption in your vaginal biome, menstruation, going through menopause or certain other times in our life when our hormones are uh, being disrupted. So it's important to to be mindful of that and know that it can happen and it's completely normal and we don't need to be ashamed about it. We need to, uh, that there are solutions out there, you know, always talk to your OBGYN. I strongly recommend that. Um, and, you know, hopefully they will recommend a product like PhD, uh, you know, to help women when they can go to the store and purchase it and not have to worry about going into their office, you know, for, uh, a prescription or something else. So two questions I love to ask at the end of every podcast is what would we be surprised to know about you? And what is a piece of advice you would love to pass on that you either learned the hard way or someone gave to you that was actually helpful? Sure. Yeah, I think what people would be surprised to learn about me is that uh, I'm a living organ donor and I donated a kidney to a friend's four-year-old son uh, about eight years ago. 
Uh, Holy shit. That was generous of you. (laughs) Well, it was, again, one of those things where I uh, was being spoken to and it was actually that experience helped me learn to understand discernment and how we need to listen to our guts and uh, listen to how we're being guided. So that was pivotal, a hugely pivotal experience for me as far as my entrepreneur journey is concerned. And then to answer your question about one, one of the things that I've learned, you know, my business partner gave me some advice in the very beginning that I've always um, clung to. And it was, you know, you were talking about earlier about plugging the leaks in the boat and how there's always a challenge and there's always something that's coming up and to not get caught on the roller coaster ride of the entrepreneurship journey. Cause it's a high and low, like every single day you could be elated and devastated, you know, within the same 24 hour period. I really try and keep an even keel and not be too overly excited or too devastated about things that occur. Uh, and to, piggyback on that and that my family didn't sign up for this roller coaster ride with me. So it's important for me to keep, um, to keep that even keel and not let them see me too high or too low, uh, particularly being a single mom. Uh, Cause that could really have uh, negative effects on my kids for them as entrepreneurs. We know we can get through it but sometimes our family members are so involved that it's difficult for them to see that everything's going to be okay. How has success changed you and, or what Uh, shifts have you experienced since finding this incredible success? It's changed me in the fact that, you know, you hear people say anything is possible, but really it is. It's so true. And anything is possible. Like I never in a million years would have dreamt that I would create a new category of retail and that I would be in over 45,000 stores nationwide. That was just completely inconceivable for me. So I think it's, it's changed me in that anything is possible and we don't need to be the ones to limit ourselves on what is possible because I feel like I used to do that. Like, oh, there was no way I could ever do X, Y, Z. But now it's like, bring it on. I feel like the sky's the limit. And women need to understand that um, they don't need to hold themselves back for an idea or or something else that they might have that maybe they're too fearful to, to, to explore. Don't let yourself limit yourself as far as what, what is achievable and what's possible. I love that. So where can people follow you, find you, support you if they need some good assistance in the odor arena? Where can <laughs> the they buy you? Arena. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, we're available pretty much at every major retailer nationwide, uh, Target, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and, uh, most every grocery store chain as well. We're really excited that uh, we now have uh, three products available at 
uh, CVS and also uh, several new products that we'll be launching to at Walgreens very soon. Awesome. Well, I am so inspired by you. Um, I think it's incredible. All of your achievements in spite of so many things that you could have just said, I give up too. Um, so thank you for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for supporting women entrepreneurs. My pleasure. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again. And you will hear from me next week.